Have you ever tried to start a journal? There's this wonderful honeymoon phase when you first buy a blank book that you know will be your journal. The pages radiate with possibility and this sense that you'll be filling it up with meaning. But after about a week or so, that pleasant glow passes and you never pick it up again. A month or so goes by and you're reminded that you haven't used it since you bought it. So you feel guilty. Maybe you pick it up and write an apology entry in it. Something like, I'm sorry, I haven't written in you in ages. Things have just been so busy lately. And then you never pick it up again. So what happened? It started so full of promise. Well, you psyched yourself out. The assumption we all fall into is that we're supposed to be at our most thoughtful and eloquent in a journal entry. And the consequence is that the idea of writing becomes almost performative and tinged with a degree of self-critique. And that's exhausting. No wonder we end up putting it off or avoiding it after that initial enthusiasm. But if it is performative, you should ask yourself, who are you performing for? In the privacy of your own room, you deserve to be able to drop your guard, peel away your persona, and see what's inside. It's like we assume a journal is supposed to be filled with our greatest self. But that's not true. Who are we performing for? A good journal is not supposed to be eloquent or thoughtful. If that happens sometimes, great. But in reality, a journal should reflect your own mind in all its seasons. Sometimes you're all over the place. Sometimes you're eloquent. Other times you're pragmatic. Sometimes you're emotional and want to elaborate at length. Other times you're tired and keep your thoughts short and to the point. There's an expectation we all have that a journal is supposed to be how we see it in movies and stories. The art of journaling is so romanticized in our pop culture that it sidelines our ability to just do it without second-guessing ourselves. And God forbid you start a journal entry with something like Dear Diary. Oh no, if someone saw me write Dear Diary, I might just die of embarrassment. This is not good. This is not healthy. The last thing a journal should elicit is this kind of self-conscious feeling. Because it's in your journal where you should most be allowed to give space to your thoughts. Oftentimes, thoughts that you wouldn't tell another soul. We have to do away with these false expectations that a journal is supposed to look or sound any certain way. Because by second-guessing ourselves like this, we deprive ourselves of the real profound benefits of journaling. What are those benefits? And how do we get over ourselves and just write? Let's talk about it. This is creativity tip number 20. The garbage journal. A good journal entry will provide you with one of two experiences. Self-excavation or self-conversation. I use both of these terms to refer to specific processes that journaling engages. And for the most part, the greatest benefits of journaling relate to these two processes, self-excavation and self-conversation. What are they and why do they matter? Self-excavation is what happens when you write something out of yourself, when in the process of throwing words and sentences onto the page, you pull up something interesting and unexpected, something that seems to shimmer a little bit more than the rest. In a sense, you're like an archeologist on a dig, sifting through the dirt and finding some gems. You can then choose to develop those gems into something more, polish them up a bit, treat them like a seed for a larger idea and expand upon them, or just appreciate them for a moment, underline them and move on. The choice is yours, but whatever it is that happens, you pulled that idea out of yourself, out of some depth inside of you which was not immediately accessible before, hence self-excavation. We'll talk about how to engage this process in a little bit. The other process which happens in journaling, I call 
Self-conversation. This is the more traditional type of journal entry, where you are really carrying on a dialogue with yourself. For example, if you write an entry about some things that happened to you today, which you feel were significant, well, that is self-conversation. You're not writing a letter to someone else. It's unlikely anyone will ever read it. And even if you seem to be addressing the entry to your journal, in the Dear Diary sense, you'll find you're really speaking into a mirror. The journal page acts like a reflection of your thoughts. Even if you are simply dusting off an old memory that you haven't thought about in years, that is self-conversation. If you are questioning a certain habit or motivation in yourself and reflecting on the problems it might present, that's also self-conversation. It's really like a talk therapy session with yourself. And that is one of the greatest benefits of journaling, one which you don't often hear about. Our modern society very much relies on externalizing your attention, especially in recent decades, with the proliferation of screens in our pockets and on our wrists. Technology is largely designed to externalize our attention. And in some cases, as in apps that rely on advertising, you can say that technology is harvesting our attention. But a journal does the opposite. It internalizes your attention. And one interesting benefit to journaling is that it develops your intrapersonal intelligence. That's the intelligence that relates to your understanding of your inner world. So in your journal, by having these conversations with yourself, you're compelling a self-examination or self-analysis. It's inevitable. When you're writing down something you noticed about your feelings earlier in the day, perhaps an attraction to someone or a strong emotional reaction, you are holding it up to the light and turning it in your hand. Sometimes the act of doing that gives you a particular insight about yourself, or just as importantly, it makes you more self-aware. The lasting effect is you have better tools to captain this vessel of yours through life's waters. And we could all certainly benefit from knowing ourselves a little better. So yes, two primary experiences that you want a good journal to give you, self-excavation and self-conversation. The second one, as we just mentioned, tends to be more about reflection, negotiating with yourself, or documenting things, both internal and external. But it's the first one, self-excavation, that leads you to creative insights. So how do we engage that? Enter the garbage journal. Yes, you heard that right. So, what is a garbage journal? Is it where you keep track of the garbage you throw out every week? No, but maybe. This is a journal in which you can write anything and everything that comes into your head. In its essence, this journal is not for your best self. This journal is for your worst self and your average self. And sometimes, sometimes, your very best self will slip through. But don't count on it. This journal comes with no expectations. Are you going to write the next theory of relativity in your garbage journal? Probably not. Is it going to be occasionally filled with curses? Most likely. Typos? Most definitely. Are you going to allow yourself to be who you are when no one is looking? I hope so. Because that's the point of this thing. It is a little space in which you allow yourself to be who you are when no one is looking. And not only will you expect no one to ever read this journal, but even more than that, you will hope no one ever reads it. Because this is the type of freedom you want to have with this thing. To write honestly about yourself, your thoughts, your experiences, memories, plans, goals, fantasies, etc. Part of the inspiration for this concept came to me from studying the journals of Leonardo da Vinci and Kurt Cobain. Both of these creative minds are so distant in their time periods, interests, and aesthetic sensibilities, yet both of them kept incredible garbage journals. Of course, you won't find any scholar referring to Leonardo da Vinci's precious million-dollar notebooks as garbage journals, but that's what they are. That's the purpose they served him. On these thousands of pages, he would write everything, from to-do lists, to sketches of horses, to anecdotes, 
and so on. And likewise, Kurt Cobain's journals served him the same way. The fact that these two creative geniuses share this habit is no coincidence. One of my favorite phrases from Kurt's journals is one which he scrawled on the cover of one of his notebooks. He wrote, If you read, you'll judge. You see, he intuitively understood the purpose of his journaling. It wasn't meant for us to read. Kurt understood that he was creating a sacred space for the entire range of his being, all the seasons of his mind, to be who he was when no one is looking, allowing him to express his vulnerabilities, his bizarre fantasies, weaknesses, memories, inspirations, and in the process, also his genius. Because when you give yourself permission to be authentic, there's always some gold that slips through. There's always treasure in the depths. So how do you write in this way, to compel self-excavation? You just start writing. That's the reason I call it a garbage journal. There is no pressure, because you can assume what you will be writing is garbage. In the process of the words coming out of you, there will be these occasional valuable nuggets of insight. I'll read you an example from my garbage journal. Here's a short one. In this one, I felt a need to write about birds. There is a flock of sparrows I feed every morning, and interacting with them sometimes makes me feel thoughtful. So one morning, I opened my garbage journal and wrote this. The sparrows, the hundreds of pounds of seed per year, the car, the porch. The unexpected trust and faith, the consistency required. To be a point of stability in the universe is a profound thing. To be a point of stability in the universe requires a significant amount of willpower and a capacity for maintaining of harmony. That's it. It's obviously not a great work of literature or anything, but something interesting happened halfway through writing it. It started with a basic list of variables, and halfway through, those words pulled out an insight from underneath regarding being a point of stability in the universe, something which I hadn't been thinking about before, but which I was grateful to reflect on afterward. I have many other entries which tend to get more personal, but I won't share those with you because it might encroach on my ability to be candid and authentic in my journal. And that's the point. You want to be able to write like no one's going to read it. And even more than that, you hope no one will ever read it because that is the type of freedom you want to have with this thing. So my challenge to you, buy a journal, or perhaps you already have a blank one lying around, that's fine too. Either way, I'd like you to hold up this book and claim it. This is my garbage journal. In your entries, this act of self-excavation and self-conversation will not only improve your intrapersonal intelligence, but it will also improve the readiness of your creative process. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed creativity tip number 20. If you think this episode could benefit any other people, please share it with someone. In other exciting news, Creative Codex now has a merch store, so you can finally get an official Creative Codex t-shirt made with 100% ring-spun cotton. It's comfy enough to wear every day or as a sleeping shirt. In the merch shop, you'll also find the official Creative Codex mug, which includes a quote from my Letter to a Young Artist essay, which says, Every creative act is an act of courage. You can find those at mjdorian.com forward slash store. I've also included a link in the episode description. And all proceeds go to funding Creative Codex. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, I wish you the best in your journaling. And one final encouragement, write like no one's watching.